welcome to Rust Belt Radicals, uh, the only podcast to hit you at, like a twisted T. Uh, I'm your host, Salem Alexander. I'm joined this week, as always, by hosts, uh, Sean Green. Hey, Cab. <laughs> and Ray Potts. Uh, Twisted T. Twisted T. Go watch the video, everybody. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, Praxis of the Week, right off the top, is Twisted T Guy. Uh, for those of you who might not have seen, it's a video about um, an altercation that happened in a convenience store where um, Slim Brady, as I've been calling him, uh, <laughs> a, a, a rather pasty individual, um, talking like the streets love him, uh, continually dropping the gamer word. While a understandably irritated man of color uh, stands behind him, uh, taking the abuse for a while until until he lets the man know he's very displeased about it, and uh, the the guy the continuously chants, um, "Hit me, hit me," and so with with obligation, uh, <laughs> uh, the man hits him upside the head and bops bops him with the. Uh, with, with Twisted T. Um, if this was a better podcast, I could have played audio from that, but I will link the video in the description for those of you who haven't seen it. Uh, Gives him the old razzle-dazzle. <laughs> Some jazz hands, you know? Yep. Twisted T cures racism. It's true, it's true. Uh, but yeah, not, not much to say on that. I just wanted to wanted to bring it up off, off, off the top. Uh... I do want to get into today, um, if, and this this one I know pretty much everybody's heard at, at this point, but uh, the, the bombing in Nashville on Friday, that was on Christmas Day, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, the, the, the main bullet points for, the, for what we know currently are um, that uh, it was like five in the morning... Like wee hours of the morning, um, and for a decent period of time before the van broadcast a message uh, warning people uh, that the vehicle was going to explode um, with a decreasing count uh, every every couple of seconds. He'd chant off that the uh, van would explode in 15 minutes, 14, so on and so forth. Um, damage blew out, what, two city blocks, something like that, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Mostly uh, damaged storefronts, um, as well as a nearby AT&T office uh, and communications hub that has since um, knocked out uh, knocked out internet and telephone services through AT&T um, throughout a decent chunk of the South. Uh, I know as far down as Atlanta, um, and I believe as far north as... Um, Cincinnati is also seeing some uh, oh wow negative effects. Uh, the uh, FBI just released the suspect this the, uh, today, uh, December the twenty eighth. Uh, a man named Anthony Quinn Warner, sixty three, from uh, Nashville. Though uh, we have no idea what his motive could be. Um, as usual, we're going to speculate on it because we're always right. Five G. It's five G. Five G. Well, it sounds like Sean's already hopping on it. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of uh, it's kind of tough to call. Um, I mean, from what I understand, the guy was probably targeting specifically the AT and T building. 
Um, apparently he's a IT dude, and um, I don't know. You kind of have to have some knowledge of of the field in order to pull off some stunt like this. Yeah, it's not exactly like every every layman in Nashville knows how to how to knock down an entire grid. And I mean, you can you can say that uh, um, you you could try to rationalize it at least by saying that maybe um, even if it wasn't the intended or even if it was the intended target, that perhaps the damage wasn't supposed to be that that grandiose. Um, but I think that's just completely idle speculation with no actual grounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's more likely that he did know exactly what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. It's rather tricky because because like why like the thing is he killed himself in this stunt, and if mm-hmm. he knew not only how to construct this bomb that would cause all this damage, but also what uh, like where he was planting it, why would he assume that this is something worth taking his life for if he did not already suffer from some sort of mental um, uh, dehabilitation or, you know, something that basically forced him to want to take his own life. That's actually been a line of thought that I've been exploring myself. Uh, the, the more I've been reading on it, the more I've been thinking about it. Um, I feel like, uh, from the statements that people said, uh, when questioned by the FBI, he didn't really, um, and, and I know this is a, a pretty common trope in, in, in stories of, of, of grand violence, but he didn't really seem like the type that was um, rabid, mm-hmm. or like you were saying, anti-5G to the point that he's going to blow up an AT&T communications hub. I think it's um, far more likely that he just suffered a late-life late, late life break uh, mentally, um, be it from being overworked, maybe, or even just untreated mental illness, uh, physical ailment. Um, I know uh, strokes, cancers, etc. can affect uh, psychology mm-hmm. <clears throat> to a great degree. Um, and especially considering the fact that, again, the the 15-minute warning mm-hmm. um, before, before the bomb went off, the obvious attempts to minimize casualties, um, which I know there was very early speculation that that was uh, because it was a left... Uh, uh, left action, but I, I don't think that's the case. Like I, not that he couldn't be a leftist, but I just I, I I don't see any any evidence supporting that claim. Like I I, I don't feel like he has um, shown a strong motive to begin with, mm-hmm. one way or another. I, I I mean I don't know what kind of materials that we aren't made privy to yet. Or anything like that from the uh, from the warrant searches of his uh, of his home, he could have you know uh, a Kaczynski and manifesto laying around. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was thinking, and I'm thinking that this this act itself is very much um, uh, a throwback to the propaganda of the deed type attacks that you would hear about in like the late 1800s of like. Mm-hmm certain uh f- radical leftists or radical anarchists uh in european com- uh in most european countries that they are doing not saying that this guy is anything like that i'm saying that his tactic seemed like that where he warned everybody to get out of there and then he targeted mm-hmm. a specific infrastructure so mm-hmm. it seems like through what he did uh 
indirectly will be a blueprint for how other people will target infrastructure from now on, knowing that that happened. I'm not sure he meant for that to happen, but it seems like people were noticing that this is very much a specific way to take out communications towers. And yeah. So Yeah, it's a good point. Which really which really begs the question uh further there of why, right? Like why um so I know we talked about it a, a great deal um off air, but uh I know you had mentioned that normally in attacks like this there's oftentimes a second mom um or yeah. a second um a second uh location period, right? So whether so, that be another another action of some other kind or another explosive. Yeah, quick quick thing is that uh if you study insurgent campaigns, uh specifically IRA, Taliban or Iraqi insurgent campaigns, uh they really perfected that, specifically the IRA did, where they would do a small explosion, bring in cops and uh, British Army to the point of the attack, and then detonate a second larger explosion targeting them. Now, they didn't have as much material, but they saw it a lot in Iraq and a lot in uh, Taliban areas of Afghanistan. Um, and the thing is, a lot of far-right people in America... Uh, targeted by the FBI, uh, have have been stupidly writing this down that they want to replicate that. Um, they want to replicate those types of uh, you know, uh, I guess you could say distraction attacks to bring into the actual attacks. I mean, in uh, in two thousand nine, uh, a group of militiamen were arrested in I believe northern Ohio, trying to ambush cops at a either a, a Michigan area or Ohio area, and then bring in cops to the attack to to do the main attack on them. And uh, I, I believe it was 9 to 13 people who got caught. But mm. that type of uh, attack and that type of, uh, you know, tactic is, is becoming, uh, like, people want to replicate that. So that's what I was wondering when that initial explosion went off. You know. Was it to bring in people to the area? Because initially when this went off, it was, they were drawn, you know, shots fired to the area. They were brought in there, and then the bomb went yeah. off. Yeah, yep, so. yep. There were reports of automatic firearms, uh, and then... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm pretty... I'm wondering to... This, this, d- this, seems, this seems just by the actions of what happened and what was going on, that there has to... That, he knew what he was doing all of these things can't be coincidental you know what i mean yeah so yeah for me it seems like he's he was trying to go out in a blaze of glory probably like i said suffered from some uh mental health uh issues and you know the guy was probably a whiz at a bunch of things and put his talents to what he considered of use and uh obviously didn't want to hurt anybody considering the warning um, yeah. But he did it on Christmas Day where, A, you're less likely to get caught because there's less law enforcement out. And, B, um, you know, there's, there's less people. And, C, it's a significant day. So the people of Nashville are more likely to remember something that wild that happened on, you know, a, a day that's easy to remember. Yeah, it's the Christmas bombing versus, like, the Tuesday the 17th bombing. Yeah. 
Mm, exactly. Yep. So I uh, I had a curiosity, and I'm I'm not sure that this is this is really worth consideration, but um, I wonder if he um, hadn't originally intended to die in the explosion. Like I wonder if because uh, I don't think the remains were found in the RV. I think they were found uh, near because I know there were. I think there were three injuries, but other than that, they've only found, like, what they assume is a single person's worth of remains, mm-hmm. from what I've read anyway. Um, I wonder if he was, like, nearby and not actually in the van. Yeah, yeah. that's possible. Um, especially there... as an IT guy, like, that, it seems strange that he wouldn't have some kind of remote wiring for it. Yeah. Well, like, that. going off of that point, like... There was about a 15-minute delay between the end of the countdown and the time of the explosion. I wasn't sure if that was him either contemplating it or if there was some sort of electrical uh, misconfiguration um, that he didn't uh, properly wire something or what have you. Um, but, I mean, obviously it's not some sort of rookie. Um, so, I don't know. I think he might have had some going through him maybe mm-hmm. because there was police around him and um he was second guessing himself or didn't want to hurt the police or what have you yeah we have yeah. no idea about his his politics on any level so we don't know if um he was deliberately trying to uh avoid harming civilians and police if he was targeting the police anything mm-hmm. <clears throat> could have also been a hostage you know, to to get people off of yeah, a real perpetrator's tail. That was clean guy. what I was actually going to bring up next. Um, I com- uh, He has no criminal record from my understanding. Um, mm-hmm. He worked a white-collar job, uh, presumably getting ready to retire uh, at, at 63, I would assume. The only reason he's still there is either he can't or... He enjoys it and doesn't want to give it up yet, uh, mm-hmm. which would kind of take away from the uh, from the thought process that he might have been a disgruntled former employee um, or former contractor, perhaps. Because I, I feel like if there was that kind of connection, it would have been made apparent very, very quickly. Um, yeah, apparently he was self-employed. Yeah, so it's entirely likely he might have just been a contractor for them at some point and and or going back to him theoretically being a hostage because he has the the fundamental skill set to uh to work with these uh to mildly work with with technology on 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 some on some level Mm -hmm. um it's entirely likely that he could have been coerced into doing this too Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and that would that would give more uh that would that would kind of track with again the warnings um the amount of uh, time given to keep civilians safe. He was also playing uh, the song "Downtown" by Petula, uh, Petula Clark. You know that song hmm. from the sixties. Uh, uh, I have maybe heard it once or twice, but I can guarantee you, it's going to be our closing music today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little morbid. Yeah, I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd sing it, but I'd probably butcher it really bad. So, but it's a uh, but it's kind of uh, an ironic song, especially considering it was in downtown Nashville. Yeah, yeah. 
It'd be a little bit funnier if it was like Uptown Girl by Billy Joel, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, little little positive, little little bop, little bop before the boom. I mean, you would expect that from a sixty-three-year-old man. Mm-hmm. White at that. Yeah, but in Nashville, you've got so much of the country music influence too. Yeah. Yeah. Is the capital of country after all? Oh, that's actually really funny. As I'm scrolling through the article, just mentioned. Uh, downtown. <laughs> um, what about you, Ray? Do you have any uh, anything else? I'm just a little. Uh, there's too many things that this guy did that, like, it, there's. I don't know. I think. I mean, obviously, the FBI and all of them are knowing something and sitting on it. But it's just uh, when people are trying to one off this, and, and the media, the media calling this. Uh, what is the term they used that like literally is every, they used every other word, but terrorism in this or every other word, but bombing. Have you seen this shit? They're, mm-hmm. they're calling it a, a deliberate, deliberate explosion set off. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? You mean a bomb, <laughs> a fucking bomb, a terrorist attack. Like what the fuck is the matter with these people? Like, yeah, holy they shit. They only use that out of convenience. <laughs> Are neolibs so, like, politically correct that they can't even call a white guy blowing up a building in Nashville a bombing anymore? Because that would be toxic and problematic. Uh, It's like, holy (laughs) shit. Like, it's, that's what it is. Fuck. I'm sorry, but, like, I couldn't believe it. No, you're fine. I mean, really, really, (laughs) if you think about it, when was the last time that we, that we in America considered an act of domestic terrorism, domestic terrorism, at least our media? Well, no not to get all fucking you know like like you know full of like hatred towards like a good portion of like the dumb down populace but like half the not half but like a good quarter or a fifth of the population thinks that the las vegas like mass shooting was like some QAnon deliberate deep state attack on you know so somebody and it's and, and that there were multiple shooters and all that and it's like you know if and if they're thinking that and there's got to be of course parts of the media are going to call this you know a uh a deliberate um explosion that or whatever the term is now it's 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 i don't know it's just pretty shameful and conversely conversely yeah. of course you have friend of the pod alex jones referring to the sandy hook shooting as a a, a false flag operation <laughs> Oh yeah! And, until uh, he got legal action, then he won't. To then he won't the say it ever again. Parents as crisis Coward. actors. Coward. Uh, anyway, it just feeds into that same cycle, though. It's yeah. just the like bottom of that barrel, whereas the top is right now calling it a deliberate explosion rather than calling it what it is, which is an act of domestic terrorism. the The goals of which might still be unknown, but that doesn't change the reality of it. Yeah. And by and by all incidents, it was like a terroristic act because it wasn't like a gas explosion or anything. He he had a he had a like a a warning going off in the like you know clear the whatever or trying to get cops there. It's it's uh, I don't know everything about this really stinks. Things that were not being known and all that or not being shown. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Going back to the the point about the song Downtown, I want to point out that uh, 
the, the first couple of lyrics is, when you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. So that might uh, kind of tie in with the whole uh, mental health situation. Mm. Or, or hear me out. It could be because he's a Russian asset, and that's his uh, triggered <laughs> code phrase. Knew it. <laughs> Obviously, those pesky Russian oligarchs at it again. Fucking. He knew that AT and T was stashing all of the um, all of the voting machines from it Venezuela. Was, it was a. Uh, it was actually <laughs> uh, Moscow Mitch. That's who did it, right? That's what they like to say. <laughs> that's a good segue um, into our next our next uh, next topic for today. Uh, which is uh, Mitch better have my money. Um, yep. The two thousand dollar or the two thousand dollar proposed COVID stimulus package completely uh, denied, which is not a surprise at all. That was um, a a very uh, strange left field move, quite literally, from uh, a, a uh, our fiddling emperor uh, on his way out. Um, whereas the six hundred dollar stimulus. Uh, that was proposed alongside the Omni Budget Bill. Uh, that was also denied, correct? So the six hundred dollars. Uh, I, I think the six hundred just last mm, night. Yeah, yep. The, the basically what happened was the original bill that was put forth, the original shitty bill, was approved. Okay. So, and this says a lot. Okay, we could we could. We could say what we want about Mitch, but Mitch is going to Mitch. And uh, the funny thing is that this, for the last few days, it's like Trump thought he was playing everybody by, oh, I'm going to, we're going to get everything out, like uh, pork or whatever, and foreign aid, and then I'm going to somehow give you $2,000 stimulus, even though none of my Republican colleagues except Josh Hawley wants it. And, uh, but then he, and then he just signs the original bill last night. And uh, it was fucking embarrassing for his supporters, anyway. Uh, specifically, I mean, it fucked us all up, but specifically for his supporters for just putting on a three-day show and then signing it silently, anyway. I mean, this is what he does. And yeah, I mean, that's what he's done through his entire. Um, he's going out congressional with career. Now. I mean, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, one good thing to come out of that, though. <laughs> one good thing to come out of that, though, is uh, now if we, if Congress decides to give Americans a larger check in the future, which I doubt, um, you won't have the right screaming at socialism. And now, in a way, it is kind of, I wouldn't say radicalized, but made the right feel a little bit more comfortable with doing something for the working class and not just giving handouts to uh the 1%. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, um I saw some conservative commentator or no, it was oh god, it was Matthew Iglesias even said. Ugh. Uh I know, I know. But anyway, he did have a good point in this one tweet where he said uh we're watching the live death of uh of the popularity of austerity uh, measures. Um in the conservative movement wither and die and and it's kind of true uh i think even they are sick of the you know relentless tax breaks and nothing for everybody else approach um 
that's going on. I mean, don't get me wrong, Trump does the exact same thing in his policies. He just, you know, talks bullshit while he does it. And, uh, but even they're getting pretty sick of that. And people are like, yeah, give me, give me the bag. I want the bag. <laughs> it's hmm. like, and, uh, you know, they, they try to rationalize by saying, well, it's not socialism because it's our own tax dollars. I'm like, yeah, that's what <laughs> socialism is, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like you're getting your money yeah, redistributed I mean, back to you. Like, let let them do the mental gymnastics as long as they get to the to the right yeah. location. Whatever you got to tell yourself, buddy. I just give me my fucking money. <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit what helps you sleep at night as long as everybody's made whole, everybody's taken care of. Yeah, call it national populism or whatever the fuck bullshit term you want to invent for your own. You know, just give me my money. I'm like Robert De Niro. I'm like Robert De Niro in Goodfellas when he's beating up Maury in the wig. Just give me my fucking money, all right? You got enough money to throw around? Just give me my fucking money. And speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of national, um, the fact that the right is is extremely nationalistic, and and in regards to this bill, you do have a lot of the right pointing out some of the imperialist measures uh, of funding. Uh, proxy wars or foreign aid, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you've got a lot of these people that are that are bad mouthing that now. That normally, you know, love neoliberalism and yeah. and uh, in in imperialism. And so that's also another good voice to have because even though we disagree with the right as to why we shouldn't be giving uh, foreign countries, you know, all this money to do horrible things, um, we still we still agree on the point that we shouldn't be doing that. Um, you know, even 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 the uh, the whole Israel package. You know, I saw a lot of right wingers saying, "Oh, why are we giving half a trillion dollars to Israel and only giving six hundred dollars to Americans?" Which is a valid point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, to, to honestly, these people like they'll. It really goes back to the idea that MAGA, and I won't even say MAGA, but American nationalism specifically, is not based on anything of like a movement, a real movement, or based on something that has infrastructure, like political infrastructure to it. You know, it's very much like sloganized. It's very much like fake in that regard. Um, yeah, it's... Um, you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, I would say, like, the Bernie Sanders and, like, the, like, the, the movement of, like, Justice Democrats and all that. That's, like, infrastructure. Like, that's, like, real. And, like, the DSA is, like, real and all that. But I feel like there is no, like, American Nationalist Party. There is no, like, American Nationalist candidate. There is no, like, you know what I mean? It's all, like, Twitter talk and sloganeering. It's not, it's like, it's like an inch deep and in like a, an inch wide of support of like reality, I guess I'm trying to say. It's not real. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's it's slightly adjacent to, but it's not like a, a um, blatant part of, um, uh, I, I, I mean, you've got all kinds of uh, nationalist legislation uh, or legislate, legislators um, but they're not running on that as a campaign. It's just kind of like an uh, an, an evident thing that nobody talks about. Yeah, um, it's a, it's, it's a cultural it's, thing. Well, it's it's just small. It's yeah. it's like 
Trump signing this executive order that's literally has nothing to back it up to enforce it. It says like all new buildings have to be, you know, uh, Gothic or, or, or Greco-Roman or new, new art deco or whatever. Uh, new all federal like, buildings. What the fuck? And it, you could tell that's just like a throwaway gag to like, you know, the extremely online nationalist right. But there's nothing in the bill that or his executive order that backs it up that requires you to say like that requires any building to be of those styles of federal like government buildings and uh yeah it's just literally like oh i saw this post online and people were upset about architecture so i made up this fake <laughs> executive order and i basically yeah. that's what that's what nationalism is in this country is it's literally like and we should be thankful that it's just that that it's literally just a throwaway gag for people because honestly the conservative mindset in this country is diametrically opposed to the right wing national many right wing nationalist things like they don't many every cons- most conservatives you talk to are just like oh well people should just figure it out for themselves or they should just do something for themselves why are we got to spend money on that whereas like nationalists are like well what if we just spent money on white people <laughs> just mm-hmm. like that's all these like that's all like you know and at the end of the day conservative nationalists uh, or conservative people are just gonna you know they're gonna go back to their libertarian constitutional list roots you know that's why i think nick yeah i don't know do you do you see any drift of nationalism like actually like substantial like substantially i see it as a cultural thing um i i i notice it uh with um with the rights affinity with law enforcement no matter what happens they always kind of excuse it and they, they've just they just have this devout um fervorance to uh law enforcement and the status of the country america first american exceptionalism um which no it's not extremely nationalistic however it is a cultural aspect that uh is a remnant of the generations before us and kind of just like um a culmination of all the propaganda that we've had to feed our citizens in order to get them to go along with the program. Um, and I, I don't really see it uh, in, the, in our generation as much, except for, you know, maybe uh, children of uh, people who served in the military or children of, of uh, law enforcement. So, I mean, it's not really, I don't see it as a, a huge problem um, in the long run. It's just kind of a fickle situation that we sort of have to deal with now yeah i uh i'm very inclined to agree uh, uh agree with you when uh you say it's a, a primarily uh, or predominantly cultural thing and i think it's because america's culture especially since 9 11 um has really been kind of stagnant in regards to national identity um yeah uh we we we've like kind of collectively as a um as as a uh, as a society kind of removed ourselves from that same like jingoist zeitgeist um but it's still kind of there structurally um due to the um neoliberal uh obama administration sorry wow i just completely (laughs) zoinked there 
Uh, due to the neoliberal policy uh, making through the Obama administration after the uh, the, the, the rampant um, America first uh, anti-Muslim nationalism of the uh, the Bush uh, the Bush era um, mm-hmm. and then immediately into the uh, turbulent uh, and tumultuous uh, uh, again Amer- empty hollow corporate, America first nationalism of the Trump, uh, Trump, Trumpian administration. Yeah. And I think that, uh, it's really interesting that despite the fact that we have such a strong, um, and vocal outwardly nationalist kind of, I I guess, block, if you want to call them that, um, we, we really haven't seen any, um, any actual serious political, uh, maneuvering uh using that as their um well kind of like foundation well to get back to like the 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 subject that you started as like we started as is you're right and it goes back to congress literally not wanting and the republicans not wanting to give out two thousand dollars and wanting to play you know oh we want to be tea party again and uh they want to yeah it just they they want to be Libertarian mm-hmm. tax cut, uh, you know, uh, fiscal conservatives, and that's what they want. They don't want to be um, nationalistic, and I guess it's in a way it's <clears throat> in a way it's kind of good that we don't have any policies that go in towards the nationalist aspect from the conservatives. That way, that we like left liberals and and socialists and all that can actually claim the mantle of actually wanting to redistribute material funds to people. And uh, we can claim that mantle and be proud of it rather than trying to, you know, having to team up with, you know, these these proto-fash type people who are like, oh, well, we want to give money to people. And then they, of course, want to screw other screw people out of something else like their life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and, and we. But yeah, we knew that the bill was going to fail. I don't. I couldn't imagine Republicans ever wanting to give away two thousand dollars checks to anybody. Um, even under even under Trump's you know brava, uh, bravado and uh, you know bullish talk, you know they weren't going to budge. They are what they are, and Trump is a Republican. He just wanted to put on a show before he signed his bill that they gave him. You know. Now, going back to what you were saying about um, how they want to, how they, uh, the Republican uh, Congress, wants to kind of go back to that fiscal conservative, um, libertarian kind of kind of worldview, <coughs> alongside the um, kind of uh, give me a second to coalesce my thoughts here. Um, okay. The deficit. Oh, the deficits. <laughs> uh, yeah. The... <laughs> with the way um, through the Trump era, we've seen the right kind of shift to this um, frothing death cult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you really think that they can put that genie back in the bottle? Uh, do you think they can go back to a system where... Uh, they are capable of holding positional power 
um, while uh, not engaging with that kind of rhetoric. <clears throat> what well, honestly, what I think will happen initially is that right when Biden takes office, they're gonna it's gonna be Tea Party again. It's gonna be whiplash, but it's gonna be predictable whiplash of like that um, with the growing QAnon like death cult, which is that's what it is. Um, I honestly don't know. I feel like it's going to be. I remember like post two thousand twelve after Sandy Hook with Infowars and all that, and that was lingering around the edges um, openly. I feel like that's what's going to happen, is that the QAnon, like, death cult, is going to be lingering Your around Fuentes the edges. Is and... Well, he's not really a QAnon people. He is a uh, catboy fucking booger-eating nationalist. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know if you're extremely online, but yeah, he is a procurer of catboys. Um, anyway... <laughs> But uh, Nick Fuentes is uh, that's that's the American First movement, which is hilarious. Everybody's mocking it as we need to get rid of these Republicans by voting for more Republicans, uh, <laughs> and even uh, Republican or Republicans. Yeah, and um, I don't I don't tie that movement with QAnon. I think they're entirely different. Um, they're both horrible, but they are entirely different. Um, I. I think there is a lot of overlap um, it's... In, in those kinds of people because I think I think as much as <clears throat> QAnon is a, for some reason, accessible form of conspiracy to, to um, common, uh, common America, yeah. um, I think at some level it still requires you to be incredibly online in the way that... Um, particularly Fuentes' rhetoric ends up being. You're you're correct in like they're similar in that structural sense, but I think I think I think they traffic in similar spheres. I don't think that they themselves are are the same or identical. Um, I was uh, more more um, more targeting the the people that that subscribe to that than the actual uh, figureheads of it. Yeah, and I would say that. The big thing is that QAnon is very Gen X boomery uh, focused, and it's also like kind of got this, this spiritual aspect to it. It's very much like uh, it's very much like neo televangelism. Like keep giving to me, and then maybe you'll get something if you're good. Like that's kind of like whereas yeah, whereas uh, American First, like it's like whether it's Nick Fuentes or any other people surrounding that Darren Beatty. Uh, trying to think of other people are around that because it's very much a split from the alt-right um the american first people are the um but they were part of that um they they're basically like charlie brown kicking the football and then falling on their backs every time and i say this because um they think that if they run America first candidates like, you know, Jeff Sessions or Chris Kolbach or whatever people that they're going to win, but they end up losing GOP primaries. And then, or if they do win the GOP primaries, they end up crashing and burning and losing by 40 points in the general election. They haven't won anything yet. Uh, they don't appeal to people at all. And what they're trying to do is turn Trump's image and Trump's bullshit ideology into an actual political platform and it's not working out for them. 
and you can see that in election results and yeah so <laughs> i predict that we'll see a lot of the american first uh, american first stuff out of the democrats with uh biden's economic nationalism of you know buy back america america first when it comes to trade uh, american jobs first etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah rebuild. What, what yeah what's the slogan like rebuild build back um, better build back better mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. um yeah it's going to be very much like kind of a safe kind of uh you know 70s 60s 80s and 90s democrat uh you know like oh buy union and all that and but not let's not fix anything structural but just just yeah, buy union. absolute platitude yeah i mean if he can get money invested and like you know steer it then i hope it works but like it's it's very much like a safe platform and it really does allow him mm-hmm. especially if 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 the republicans make the mistake of going back to the libertarian uh you know fiscal conservatism um he can just take that mantle of of center left you know moderate democrat and then turn that into like well we should be supporting everybody and supporting union jobs and and it yeah it'll be funny to see the it switch around basically <laughs> I think we can go ahead and actually end the show here a little bit early. Um, we had something else planned for today, but unfortunately, Dobby was unable to make it. Um, we do want to formally announce on the podcast as well that we will be going down to a bi-weekly format. Um, I did post something on Facebook about it uh, recently, but for those of you that don't follow... Um, we just uh with with it being the holiday season especially the end of the year is very very um work intensive for me uh so i just haven't been able to devote the time necessary to a weekly schedule um and so we just felt like it would work out better um so you can find us again in two weeks um like i said before our closing music today is uh, gonna be downtown (laughs) Uh, you can find us (laughs) you can find us on facebook at rust belt radicals you can find me on twitter at uh Kong, and you can find sean at ash ketchup uh we'll see in a couple of weeks everybody i from the rust belt radicals family to you we hope your 2021 is a year full of camaraderie praxis and joy uh a cab uh eat the rich and uh, trans rights. We'll see you next year. You trans rights. <laughs>